Welcome to the Healthy You Gatherings podcast. We are told in John 16, that we will have troubles, and Jesus confirms that by saying, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Healthy You Gatherings allows us to come together and explore complex and difficult topics. Find benefit in learning from the one who's overcome the world, who understands that a biblical perspective will help us find peace amidst life's everyday issues. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hug Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing anxiety. Uh, Anxiety is more than just being nervous. It's actually one of the most common mental health issues facing people today. And so Doug Wildman, one of our care pastors, is going to teach us how to address not just the symptoms, but the core factors of anxiety. So this guy to my right uh, came to us six years ago? Yeah. Yep. Right. From uh, Canada. Hey. Anybody from Canada by chance? Okay. Um, and he has a very different perspective on life. He was stuck in the snow, and he said he wanted to go somewhere where it was warm, and so South Carolina was the place he came to. Uh, but we're ecstatic that he's here because he brings a lot of knowledge with him. He brings a lot of experience with him, and he'll, he'll kind of share that with you. Um, but here's where we want to start. The idea of anxiety and depression, if you have a coin, if you have a quarter, a nickel, a penny, just start with the idea that anxiety and depression at its root is both sides of that coin. Anxiety is on one side, depression's on the other. And the common thread of it is how we deal with control. Okay? It's a very, he's going to go into more detail on the anxiety. I'll go into more of the detail on depression. But it's both sides of the coin. Okay? So if I find myself being anxious at my root, there is somewhere in there where I'm trying to control something. If I find myself becoming depressed, what I'm finding is, is that I'm, I'm giving up control. Maybe in some cases I'm giving up. Okay? So that's where we're going to start from. Here's what we hope that we will learn today, these three things. One is that we can better understand the nature of anxiety and depression. And again, it's not going to be exhaustive. Some of you may have information that will help us, okay? Resources, that kind of stuff. But we hope we get a little bit better of an understanding of it. Two, that we become better equipped, and I use this phrase a lot, to be present, okay? A lot of times we're not even present with ourselves. We're thinking about the future. We're thinking about the past. Hopefully this is going to help us be a little more present with ourselves and other people that we're, uh, we're helping or if it's family members or whatever it happens to be who may be experiencing that. Okay? And then the third thing is to become a little more aware of uh, the warning signs of both anxiety and depression. Okay? And so with that, or as I like to say with no further ado or is it further ado no further ado with no further ado you, you have it you've got the power I've got the power yes go for okay. it <laughs> so there's so much that I can uh, talk to you about anxiety from my own experience and we know that uh, God uses the stories that we ourselves go through in order to be a blessing to others um, so as we're talking that's what I have in my mind um, I could go in to talk to you about some of the horrific things of my childhood I'm not going to do that today Um, I could talk to you about how I was held at knife point as a teenager. I'm not going to talk to you about that today. I could also talk to you about my PTSD that I started to have after a really intense accident. Uh, I mean, intense. 
Um, I'm not going to talk about that. Today I'm going to talk about one that will stick in your memory because it sticks in mine. I had been pastoring up in, up in uh, uh, Winnipeg, uh, which is uh, right in the middle of Canada, and I had uh, just moved into Saskatchewan, and Saskatchewan is the Cree word, which means the place where no man can plummet to his death. That was a joke, actually, just because it's very, very flat. Um, anyway, so what, uh, what ended up happening was my son had just been born, and the sun was going down, and the dog was barking like, rah, 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 rah. and my wife said, get that dog to be quiet. He's trying to sleep. So I go outside, and I'm, I'm sneaking around going, what, what is it? where is that dog, bar- what is it barking at? And all of a sudden, I hear this baby crying. And I'm thinking, why is there a baby out here in the middle of nowhere? So as I couldn't see very much, the sun was going down, started walking over toward the trees, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere a bear stood up right in front of me. And I was, wearing, I was wearing bedroom slippers. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to run in bedroom slippers. It's like, and the bear just kind of looked at me and went, you know, just kind of looked like I wanted to laugh, but then it just took off. It's like, man, I'm not messing around with that guy. So we ended up running in opposite directions. My wife had been behind me, and then she ran inside the house and locked the door. I was like, what in the world was that all about? There's something that happens um, when we're anxious, and it's all about survival. Um, What is anxiety? Well, um, Webster's Dictionary says this. It's a feeling, this is in your notes there, if you want to write in the little fill-ins. It's a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Okay, so um, this, is, this is one person's definition. Um, if somebody were to say, hey, I'm feeling anxious today, is that a problem? If somebody feels anxious? I would say that anxiety is actually a very normal human experience. It's just a normal feeling. It's not a problem. In fact, anxiety kind of makes us ready for action, as we will see a little bit later. Um, It's not a problem. In fact, if you never get anxious, that can actually be a problem. And I could tell you stories about people who, because of some kind of brain thing that's going on, are unable to feel anxious, and I promise you it's not a pretty picture. Um, Now, what is an anxiety condition Now, notice I did not use the word disorder. Um, In this book, some of you might be familiar with it, it's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders. And um, it's an important book. It's a really good descriptor of different things, but I think sometimes people get a diagnosis and they think, oh my goodness, I'm I'm mentally ill and I'm stuck. What do I do? Um, I like to use the word condition because that's a pretty neutral term. An anxiety condition is, and this is taken from the DSM, I kind of uh, summarized it from the DSM book down here. It says it's a state in which normal life activities are profoundly and negatively affected by anxiety, often manifesting in the form of fearful avoidance or obsessive thoughts, and behaviors, 
I'll say that one more time. It's a state in which normal life activities are profoundly and negatively affected by anxiety, often manifesting in the form of fearful avoidance or obsessive thoughts and behaviors. Here's my definition. It's a little bit shorter. It's a physiological conditioning for survival. So what do we mean when we say a physiological conditioning for survival? Um, physiological is made up of two words. This will be the extent of my Greek for you today. Um, physios, which means the natural self, the body. And then there's also with that word logos, which means the divine word or divine spark or the breath of God or reason. All of those are kind of encompassed in that word logos. So you put those together and it's physiological. Um, so we are not just a body, you know, like the medical community might actually try to convince you that all you really are is just a, a physical body. But we are much more than that. We have the breath of God in us. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, and there's a reason why we're covering all of this. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And then he became a living person. Some translations say a living soul. Now what happens when, uh, with our physical body when we suddenly go into a state of high alert or anxiety? Well, the whole nervous system, the, by the way, the nervous system, in case you're wondering, is kind of like the operating system on a computer. It sort of handles all of the other programs that are um, being handled, and it's things like your emotions. It's things like um, every, every muscle that you move. It's very all-encompassing. So the nervous system goes into high alert in order to prepare your body for action. So that's a pretty important function. Um, the reasoning self, or the logos that we were just talking about, is located right here in the front. It's called the prefrontal cortex, logic and reason. I believe that's where faith would be located as well. Um, it's the reasoning center, and it's, um, that part of the brain gets put on hold temporarily. Um, and, and then the amygdala, which is the, uh, the fear center of the brain, these two little things that look like almonds. In fact, that's what the word amygdala means, almond. And it's like, it's a, to simplify it, it's the fear center of the brain. It's, it's responsible for anything that has to do with impulse. And in this case, it's the impulse to survive. Um, so the brain, uh, it, it immediately changes. And the amygdala goes online, and the logic and the reason goes offline. And that's for good reason. Imagine yourself at the Twin Towers on 9-11, and the plane strikes the first tower, and you're looking up, and you sit there and go, well, you know, technically, the wind speed and all that. No, you need to be acting right now, right now. And that's the reason why our body goes into high alert. All of those symptoms that you experience with anxiety, it's all about putting the body in high alert and poising you and making you ready for action. That's what it's all about. It doesn't waste any time for logic and reason, and that's for your benefit. So we talked about it being a physiological conditioning, but what do we mean when we say conditioning for survival? 
Well, according to Webster's, conditioning is a process of training or, or accustoming a person or an animal to behave in a certain way to accept certain circumstances. Um, anybody here know what the most, probably the most famous um, conditioning study that was done? Yeah. Pavlov, you know, Pavlov's dog. So um, we, we learn, um, just to get, kind of give you an idea, if you aren't familiar with Pavlov's dog, they would, they would ring a bell and then they'd feed the dog. And pretty soon the dog's like, oh, wait, that's that bell again. And so pretty soon the dog starts to drool. Um, so that's kind of what happens with us with anxiety too. We have these scary experiences that take place and our brain becomes conditioned, our body becomes conditioned for, for action. And so that's, that's the whole point of the conditioning idea. Conditioning for high alert does not happen because we are weaker than other people. That's really important for you to know. It's not because there, we have some kind of a glitch in our brain. Conditioning for high alert is a normal response to an abnormal circumstance. So how many people here would be able to say, oh my goodness, there must be something wrong with my brain. I remember having this, uh, this is, I didn't plan on telling you about this, but I remember having this, uh, this very um, powerful fear that I was going to lose control and hurt somebody. I mean, how crazy is that? And what I have found is that for those people who have that particular fear, it's because that's precisely what they're not. And for you, whatever you are fearing today with your anxiety, it has to do with the thing that would bother you the most. So oftentimes it has, it, it's, it's exactly the opposite of what you actually would be. Um, one man that I had been talking to, he said, I have this, this tremendous fear that I'm going to lose control and hurt myself. And as time went on, as we continued to talk, talk it through, he realized, I really don't want to do that. It's the thing that I fear the most, but it's not really that I want to do that. So whatever you're fearing, think of it in that term and ask yourself, why is that the particular fear that comes through my mind? So an important step toward healing is recognizing that we are, what we are experiencing right now is a conditioned response. And it's not a sign of some more eminent threat. That's a very important concept to get through our minds. The reason for all of that is because many of us, well, all of us have had life experiences that were upsetting, um, things that were maybe even dangerous. That's the reason why it happens. So your brain is kind of like, I'm going to keep you safe. I'm going to make you be in high alert just to make sure that nothing takes you by surprise. Physiological uh, conditioning for survival. That's our last word, survival. Survival, according to Mr. Webster, is a state or fact of continuing to live or exist, typically um, in spite of an accident or an ordeal or a difficult circumstance. So a lot of times when, we, when I use the word survival, that may seem like a really strong word. You might not be thinking to yourself, man, I'm, I'm really fearful that I'm getting ready to die or something. Some people do, but oftentimes it's whatever would freak you out the most. So if you're, um, if you're afraid of public speaking, um, coming up and talking in front of the group, that could be your survival thing. Man, I'm going to do whatever it takes not to speak in front of people and be exposed. Um, so it's oftentimes not about emotional well-being. 
or it, it is about emotional well-being, not just physical safety. And all of that can be determined by your own background. Oop, let me go back here. So the purpose of fear is to grab your attention. Um, the, your attention to a potential threat. Anxiety is about the anticipation of that threat. Does that make sense as I say that? So when I stood before that bear, that was a real threat. That was a real threat. But imagine later on that I'm walking out through the forest and I'm in a completely safe area, but I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute, this is a forest. My brain can say, well, this might be a real threat. Um, sometimes it's not as clear cut as that. A lot of the times it's, it's things like, um, well, when I was growing up, it was not safe to share your emotions. It's a really common one that I hear. And so all of a sudden you, you're, you're an adult and you start to feel these strong emotions and you start feeling like, oh man, is it okay for me to have emotions? That might be your threat. Um, there's so much more we could cover with this, but for the sake of time, we're not going to be able to. Um, on to our next thing. Oh, this is Paul's terrible advice for overcoming anxiety. I hope that doesn't uh, sound too blasphemous for me to say. Um, you'll see why I put that in quotation marks here. Uh, if, have any of you ever seen the um, uh, Bob Newhart show? Do you remember that episode where Bob Newhart, he's a, he's a psychiatrist, and he's interviewing this lady who's got anxiety, and he said, I'm, I'm just going to have you uh, uh, write down to just, uh, just two words, two words. She goes, okay, okay, I'm ready. He said, uh, stop it. Just stop it. That's it. And everybody kind of looks at that and goes, well, that's just ridiculous. But it's clearly, if you can just stop it, you would have done that a long time ago. And yet that's what people say to us all the time. Just stop it. Look at what Paul said. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So in a way, he's kind of saying, stop it. Just knock it off. And at first, I used to look at that and go, well, that, that doesn't sound like very good advice at all. Now, one thing I need to preface the verses that we have in the Bible, you know, like where it says chapter 3, verse 16, those chapters and verses were created later on so that we can navigate the Bible. This is the part that came right before this that we oftentimes miss. The Lord is at hand. Therefore, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. Why? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So a couple things to point out here about this. The peace that comes from God, um, it goes beyond our own understanding alone. So it's not just about knowing all of the right facts. It's about an encounter with God. It's about, an, it's about being in the presence of God. And, and cultivating that awareness of God's presence in your own life. That's super important. It's kind of like Peter walking on the water. As soon as he was distracted by the wind and the, and the waves, he started to sink. But as long as his eyes were on Jesus, he was able to walk above the waves. Um, Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, the peace that I offer is not as the world gives. In other words, if I were to translate that, it would be, it's not about your circumstances. 
the peace that God gives is about his presence. And it says this, the peace of God will guard your heart and your minds from intrusive thoughts and feelings. That's a, that's a promise. Um, there we go. Here's a couple of uh, interesting verses about guarding the heart and the mind. It says, like a city that's broken down without walls, leaving it unprotected, is a man who has no control over his spirit and sets himself up for trouble. Keep vigilant. Watch over your heart. That's where life starts. So this is how you do that. Pause. This is hard for people that are anxious. Pause. Take some time. Slow down. And remember, meditate on the fact that God is near. God is with us. And simply talk to him about what you're experiencing. God, I am really having a hard time right now. Would you help me to have perspective? Help me to see what you want me to see. Ask yourself, what am I feeling and why am I feeling it? This is something that we mention all the time um, in the care department. Um, be mindful of the interpretations that you have, their source, and how you respond to them. Journaling is oftentimes helpful, and avoiding, avoiding things tends to um, reinforce the fear. Um, there's a, there's a, a legend uh, from, I want to say it's in Tibet. I bet you didn't see that one coming, did you? No. Um, and there's a, there's a man that's walking through a, through a labyrinth, and he walks into this, into this room, and right across from him is a door that leads right out uh, into the next room. And then there's one that's across the room, only that door is guarded by a dragon. And of course, most people want to go out of the door that's closest to them. But as soon as you do that, you end up in a room with, it's exactly like the first one, only the door is guarded by two dragons. You go into the next room, and it's guarded by three dragons until you start taking a step toward the dragons. And then you realize that they're made out of paper. And then you can just walk right out of that door that leads out of that maze. That's exactly the way that anxiety is. There's an ancient Christian discipline called nepsis, which I'm almost certain that none of you have heard of. It is very similar to what we call mindfulness, only they call it in the ancient Christian tradition, watchfulness or nepsis. And it is how you pray without ceasing. Um, so you meditate on God's word. Um, and it, it's, it basically works like this. You find a place to sit still and you recite scripture. Or you can even say the name of God, whatever you feel best about. Close your eyes, if you can, and to say that one uh, verse or the name of God. And then as soon as your mind starts to wander off in a bunch of different directions, notice that it has wandered and then you bring it, you simply bring it back to the thing that you have chosen to focus on. Sounds simple. Takes a lot of practice. We could talk for ages about that one. Um, and then transformation prayer. Um, this is something that we do here. Um, we, we talk about a lot about this here at, uh, at Brookwood, where we can have an encounter with God in the middle of the struggle. Um, so on the back of your, 
on the back of your sheet there, there should be some questions for you to reflect. There, there's two, one, two, one and two. Oh yes, I see what you're saying. So the, the questions that you're gonna be talking about around the table are questions one and two. So if you guys can go ahead and take a look at that and discuss them, that would be great. Thanks again for listening to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you'd like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355. You can also learn more about Care Ministries by visiting www.brookwoodchurch.org care. And make sure to check out all of our upcoming events and support groups on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless.